0: So Joe Biden's domestic agenda may be falling apart, and I love it. I absolutely love it. Look, I always had confidence that that $3.5 trillion infrastructure, human infrastructure, physical infrastructure thing was just too big, too complicated, too many weird things in it for it to uh, pass. And basically, I'm right. I always had that confidence. This is not my specialty. This budget stuff, reconciliation, I uh, quite frankly, my eyes start to glaze over. Uh, but the closer we got, the more I started to learn. And thank goodness for Joe Manchin, all right? He's uh, wrong a lot of the times, but uh, I'm starting to like him. We'll get to him in a moment. But first, Joe went up to Capitol Hill uh, to try to salvage this thing, and uh, he's panicky. <laughs>
1: No, no, no. You've asking a thousand different questions, and they're all legit. I'm telling you, we're going to get this done. When? Why is it so doesn't matter when. It doesn't matter whether it's in six minutes, six days, or six weeks. We're going to get it done. Why has it been so challenging to unite your party, Mr. President? Why has it been so challenging to unite the party? Why is the party united? Why is the party united? 50 50? Come on, man. Unite the party. 50-50. I got it. How big is this bill going
0: I got at it? At it? you got to get for someday, man. Every time he gets challenged, I mean, really challenged by the media, he acts like it's some sort of showdown with corn pop. Remember that? You talking to me? What's that? Are you serious? He takes it so personally, it's very strange. So. A little bit on this uh, bill. It's 2,500 pages long. Who can understand it? Here are some of the parts that I don't like. $32 billion for, have you heard about this? A civilian climate corps. Just 350,000 people who will crisscross the country espousing uh, ways to fight climate change. That sounds like (laughs) pork. Did you know that you can, under this bill, it would limit the number of dollars you can put in your IRA account? Yes, yes. $10 million. All right, that's a lot of money. Most people will never get there. But those who do, guess what? We depend on them for creating jobs. And that could have a real, real impact. Look, um, it's not good. It's hard to explain. And that's one of the reasons why Joe Manchin, Democrat of West Virginia, overwhelmingly they're Trump supporters, but he said something great about this bill. Uh, Here's a portion.
1: I cannot accept our our economy or basically our society moving towards an entitlement mentality that you're entitled. Okay, I'm more of a rewarding because I can help those who really need help. If those who can help themselves do so.
0: I love it. I love it. And how do you explain this massive three point five trillion dollar package with all kinds of weird things in it uh, to regular people? The answer is you can't.
1: If I can't go home and explain something,
0: I can't vote for it. I love it. That's his policy, he says. If he can't explain it, he's not voting for it. And I think that is a great principle that more people should follow. Uh, Now, on the other side, here's one, Cori Bush. Her big claim to fame is she was once homeless. With this attitude, I think she's going to be homeless again.
1: The compromise was the three point five trillion. So if he, he if he needs if, if he just wants to talk to somebody about it, like come talk to me and I'll tell you what it's like to not be able to pay for your child care, to not be able to pay for your medications and your rent at the same time. It is unconscionable that he can stand puffed up and hold the line on something that hurts people now and to say that I'll toss you some crumbs right now and then hopefully you can say you ate.
0: All right. That's not what he's saying, Uh, but he is saying that the government uh, shouldn't necessarily pay your rent and everything else. Life is not all expenses paid. It's not. Now, Joe Biden, by the way, has, uh, well, he's alienated the far left. Of course, conservatives don't like him. He is uh, a little bit lost, and that's no surprise, but he's put himself under a lot of pressure because, well, he's going to be 79 years old next month. He's probably not going to be president for... Well, certainly not eight years. Do you think he's going to make it four? I'm not talking about lifespan, but something's not right here. So he wants to make a difference real fast. He wants to be a significant historical figure. And I don't think he cares whether it's particularly positive or negative. He just wants to be a big deal.
1: I get elected president of the United States with my position on health care, my position on uh, global warming, my position on foreign policy, my position on the middle class. This will go down as one of the most progressive administrations in American history. I have the most progressive record of anybody running for the United — anybody who would run.
0: Remember, this is the guy who pushed the 1994 crime bill. He's not a progressive. No one's ever seen him that way. It's just because that word is in fashion right now and he wants to make a splash. He's not going to be president, most likely, all that long. He wants to be a pivotal figure. I don't think it's going to work. And seeing him, by the way, on Capitol Hill reminded me of January 6th. January 6th. You remember what happened there? How could we forget the mainstream media? They keep pushing it, but they only tell you certain aspects of the story. Have you noticed that? Of course. Now, couple of new things have come to my attention. I want to rehash, though, something that we pointed out a couple of weeks ago. Just before Ashley Babbitt is shot in that vestibule, something wild happens where three cops just walk away. Take a look.
1: We want you to go home. I'm a and there's so many people. They're going to push their way up here. I, I, bro, I see people out there get hurt. I don't want to. I just make a we will make a path to. We don't want. To. That's what I'm saying. We'll make a path, bro. Please just let us make a path. We back just let us make a path. For the whole country hates you. I want you to go home. Go, to. go,
0: Go. See that? Where are they going? Why did those cops walk away and look at what's happening right now? and there's Ashley Babbitt she's about to approach the door and try to jump through it we can stop it right there why did those cops walk away they were it was a tense situation they were yelling at him but why did they walk away I want to know the answer to that now I saw some new video today that um, has me puzzled now one guy breaks a window and he gets arrested for it and that's fine take a look So they're arresting somebody who broke a window, and that's fine. That's fine. More cops arrive, and they seem to, they're protecting the cops making the arrest, and they're also blocking the window. Why? Because it's been damaged and somebody could jump through it, okay? All right. That's fine. Now, I'd like to show you what someone said while... In a little while later, a couple of minutes, uh, the cops are still there. The arrest has been uh, finalized. And listen what somebody says about their intentions.
1: It's only a matter of time and we're all going through there. We're
0: going in. We're going in. We're going in. They're announcing that they want to go through that window. <laughs> they're going in. Somehow, even though they're warned, the cops walk away. So now that they're gone, that window is unguarded. What happens next? See that (laughs) makes a bigger hole that people can jump through. And by the way, Who is that guy? Take a good look. He's got black gear on, he's covering his face. Kind of looks a little bit like, uh, what's that group again? Antifa! But who knows? What happens after that?
2: Do not go in there!
0: As soon as he says, don't go in there, he's threatened. He's pushed away very, very aggressively. Look, who is that guy, by the way? And why is he wearing a wire? Hmm? He just took out a big chunk of the window, and he's got a wire. I mean, that's the kind of thing that government people sometimes wear. I know it's commercially available, but I don't know. I'd like to know. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? Although anytime anyone talks about a commission... It's always the Democrats, it's always Liz Cheney, it's always Adam Kinzinger, and they want to talk about Trump and his role in all of this. They want to go through that speech again, where he specifically told everybody to march peacefully and patriotically. They don't want to talk about what you just saw, which is suspicious. They also don't want to talk about the little cop. I call it the little cop who let everybody in. Has that ever been explained? Who is that? And why are they waving them in like it's some sort of carnival? What about those people who were taking selfies with police officers?
1: Uh (laughs) Hey, calf. See
0: that? Cheese. And these guys just stood on either side of the hallway as the folks came on in. This doesn't add up. Oh, and this week we found out that the FBI was in touch with those, some of them, who are marching on Pennsylvania Avenue and Constitution Avenue to the Capitol. They were getting updated by their informants in the crowd. What did the FBI do with that information? They certainly didn't enhance security at the Capitol. Something is very, very strange about all of this. And the questions that I'm asking, that we're wondering about, Liz Cheney and Nancy and Kinzinger, they don't want answers to those questions. They don't even want those questions asked. And I'll ask again, who the hell is this guy? I'll be right back. Have you checked out the Newsmax Daily Podcast with me, Rob Carson? You get daily news, insightful commentary, and believe it or not, comedy. Check it out wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts or at NewsmaxTV.com podcast. All, All I, I can, can say Is Is that that the the fake fake news news just just doesn't doesn't get get it, it, do they? they. They Oh, and the fake news, they were at their worst this week. So you remember, we all do, hopefully, the 13 service members who were killed in Afghanistan. Um, Just a horrible moment. This was so avoidable and what they called a dignified transfer at Dover Air Force Base in Delaware. You may remember Joe Biden checking his watch. One of the fallen was Marine Sergeant Nicole Gee, 23 years old. Now, you may also remember this. She was caring for babies in Kabul, Afghanistan, in the middle of all this. Now, shortly after these pictures, she would be killed, along with her comrades, in that suicide attack. Such a horrible thing that happened. I haven't heard much about her family. Actually, nothing, um, really until this photo emerged. This is the, um, her relatives on Capitol Hill with their congressman getting a special tour, which I think is obviously totally appropriate, and I'm glad the congressman is keeping tabs on this family. So a fake news reporter happened on by when this was going on, saw it, took a picture, and had this to say about what she saw. This is Heidi Kagel of Politico, congressional correspondent. Mass requirement in the house, tours not allowed. Yet here we are, group of nine, only two in masks. She's upset that only two are in masks and a tour is happening. So at this point, she doesn't know that it's the Gie family, okay? And everybody starts complaining. And we sometimes make mistakes on Twitter and then we take it back. It's pointed out to her very clearly who these people are. Take a look. I think many would agree the family of fallen Marine Sergeant Nicole Gee gets a pass. Wow. All right. At this point, you got to say, oops, of course they get a pass. Not the fake news. Not this reporter from Politico. What does Heather say? How does that exempt them from wearing a mask? How about that, huh? And that tweet remains up there. Now, it's just a tweet, but it's incredibly insensitive hey, I put up stuff that I regret, I take it down. She's sticking with this one. So emblematic of the media. Let's face it, they're nasty people. They really are. They're out for themselves. They don't seem to care much about the truth. They are all out to hopefully get a Netflix show someday. And in groups, they're particularly despicable. Um, I find that just reprehensible, reprehensible and that it remains and that she's probably talking to her colleagues and they're saying you should leave it up. Never apologize. Uh, no, that's just not flying. Heather Cagle of Politico, you should at the very least apologize and remove that hideously offensive tweet. Okay. You know, the media, uh, not only are they bad on, on, on things like this, but issues that affect all Americans. So these Haitians, such a big crisis, uh, a couple of days ago at the border. You know, this actually had been warned about like six months ago. The foreign minister of Panama knew that these folks were on their way to the United States and they were coming right through her country. Uh, Her name is uh, Munez, and she talked to Axios and said, look, I told your country that this was going to happen. Let's go through it, please. She told, uh, we sounded the alarm when we should have. We engage with every single authority that we can think of, that we can come across to say, please, let's pay attention to this irregular immigration, migration. Let's recognize that they all are heading toward the U.S. And a important phone call with our Secretary of State, Tony Blinken, back in April, April 6th, 2021. And now something else is happening that the media is not paying attention to, that uh, Minister Monez, though, is there are more Haitians coming to America and they're going through Panama right now. Remember, these Haitians do not come from Haiti. They've been living in Chile in other countries in South America and they're coming. They're in Haiti. I'm sorry, in Panama right now making their way and it looks like we're going to have the crisis all over again. Isn't it surprising that this didn't work? Do not come. Do not come. She went there special and gave that big speech, and it didn't work. I wonder why. We'll be right back. American Medicine Today features cutting-edge medical and science innovators, previous surgical guests to the Banati Spine Institute, and a medical professional's insight on political issues plaguing our nation and health care. American Medicine Today, Saturdays at 4 on Newsmax.
2: I want this so bad! They've trained their entire lives for this. Every single night, you have to give your 110%. But only the best of the best. I have what it takes. Can be a Dallas Cowboys cheerleader. We've got to make decisions fast. There's definitely a lot of pressure. With the competition fiercer than ever. You're not
1: going to make the team this
2: season. Who will rise to become a star? You're dancing like your dream is coming true. Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders making the team. All new tonight at 9 on CMT. Men, you want to lose weight and eat like a man. Introducing new, hearty inspirations
0: from Nutrisystem. Satisfying meals with double the protein so you
2: can fuel up and slim down. Drop those LBs like a bad habit. Just heat, eat, and repeat. It absolutely tastes amazing. It has great flavor, and I'm a foodie. I love food. With Nutrisystem, I lost 79 pounds, and I feel fantastic. Get Nutrisystem's biggest and best meals ever including new skillet meals with big-time, bold tastes. Delivered to your door,
1: ready in minutes. More food, bigger portions, man meals, and lose weight, guaranteed for your money back. Order Nutrisystem right now for a science-backed plan designed to satisfy and keep you energized with free shipping. It worked, and I was amazed. Call or go online right now and get free shipping. Big
0: portions for big-time results.
1: My name is Ron Hurt. I've been a retired uh, engineer now for almost 25 years. I've been pursuing various hobbies requiring some dexterity. This model boat here that you see is almost completed. And I've done some painting and wood carving. I was totally, totally tired, I mean, washed out completely. My upbringing was always on the natural side, medication only if necessary. And so it was just a natural inclination to take balance of nature with the balance of nature. And I got my human keel back. But the dramatic difference is endurance. The endurance impressed me more than anything. So I would definitely recommend it to anyone. I wouldn't do without it.
0: Start your journey to better health. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com. And don't forget to get 35%
2: off your first preferred order by using discount code NEWSMAX.
0: When you don't properly maintain your sleep equipment, you could get sick. <laughs> and so could your
3: whole family.
1: <laughs>
3: sleep equipment manufacturers recommend daily cleaning. For ease and peace of mind, use SoClean 3. Visit SoClean.com slash where to buy.
1: Who's Do you want your house back? Take it! Take
0: You're looking at Bob Powell and his then girlfriend, I think they're engaged now. Uh, a January 6th journalist. He was there with his camera. By the way, he's a Marine veteran, honorably discharged from the Marine Corps back in 1981. And uh, some of his material is really, really important, I think. We'll show it to you in a moment. We had it in the earlier part of the show, but let's break it down with Bob Powell. Uh, Mr. Powell, welcome to Newsmax. Thanks for being here. How are you?
2: It's my pleasure, brother.
0: By the way, I understand that when that picture was taken, she was your girlfriend And surely thereafter, she became your fiancée. Is that true? That very day. (laughs) January 6th. When's the wedding day? Uh,
2: Haven't got her to nail that down yet, Okay, it's coming.
0: Now, first things first, before we look at the video, you're wearing uh, your helmet there. It says press on it. Um, Were you there strictly as an observer? Were you there because you what, what, what was your role?
2: Well, I've been a journalist since 1986. I've got a degree in journalism and a license from the FCC to operate any radio and television station in the nation. So, yeah, I was there doing my job.
0: But were you there also as a supporter uh, or were you totally neutral? Were you rooting for Trump? Were you, you know, upset with the election? Uh, Where where did you come down on any of that? And by the way, any answer is fine. You know what I mean? I've been quite clear. I'm pro-Trump. I've got concerns about the fairness of the election. Where do you come from? What standpoint, if you care to share
2: I love President Trump. He's the greatest president this country's seen, even greater than Ronald Reagan. I would do anything for the man. I'd absolutely take a bullet for him. And that's why I don't mind standing up against the federal government, the FBI. When you know, they 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 just make stuff up and and charge people with crimes. There's people still in Washington, DC jails right now for trespassing, nine months later. BLM last summer, pff, they get out yeah. the same night and are never charged, right? It's it's It's
0: beyond outrageous. It sickens me, actually, that it's happening. Now, I'd like to show a portion of uh, your footage. This is where we see somebody breaking a window, and then he gets arrested. And quite frankly, that's fine with me. He's breaking something, and the cops show up. Then things get a little bit weird. But first, um, basically, the the good part. So at this point, they're effecting an arrest. And we saw that the guy was breaking the glass. And quite frankly, I don't have a problem with that. You're not supposed to break things, certainly not at Capitol Hill. So he's arrested. Then something else happened. First of all, do you concur with that? That's all That's yeah, all. Absolutely. all well and good, right?
2: Absolutely. All
0: right. Next, we see the police officers guarding, essentially, both the arrest and the window. And then they walk off. Take that full, if you don't mind. Okay, at this
2: point, I had just reached the top of the Capitol steps just a few minutes earlier, and I had very little battery power on my camera, so I I didn't record the order for them to displace, but I did turn my camera on and catch them leaving the window. You can see it right there. The The window has been broken, and there's a mob beating down the doors 30 feet away. If anybody had gone through that window they would have ended up in the Senate side, just like where Ashley Babbitt was on the House side.
0: All right, Bob, okay. now, now here's the deal. They've walked away. There were people who were shouting, we're going to go through that window. And even with that, they walked away. And then a very suspicious figure after the cops leave starts to make a bigger hole in the window. Take a look. <laughs> Freeze it right there. Let's hold it right there. What can you tell us about that guy in the black who happens to have an earpiece in? Bob, you were there. You were up close. What do you think? Who is this guy?
2: Well, about a minute and a half earlier, he had asked me, why don't you guys open up the rest of it and go on inside? And I replied, because that's probably illegal. Okay, brother, you and I are, are both Marines. We swore, swore the same oath. Nobody is going to go through a broken window at the United States Capitol during a riot on my watch. So this guy pulls out the window. Uh, Antifa guy tries to rush in, and I get in there with my camera. You can see uh, if you roll that, tape, that clip, I get in the way of Mr. Antifa. And uh, then this guy. You wait, a, wait, wait, in wait. You,
0: you, called him, you called him Mr. Antifa. Antifa. You think Not he's. Him. A, you think Not him. Not this guy. All
2: right. This boom. guy is a federal agent. You sure about that? How do you know? Because I have been after the FBI for the last nine months. I have been calling them. I have been emailing them. Sir, I appreciate
0: that. Bob, do me a favor, though, and I'm on your side here, but I want to know specifically, how do you know this guy is a government agent?
2: I provided the FBI with 29 minutes of high-definition footage of this and this man and another man. Not a single screenshot or frame of video has appeared on any of the FBI's websites when they're looking for people to identify.
0: Hey, listen, circumstantially, this does not look good, and I'm not discounting the possibility, but we don't have, we don't, we don't have certainty, right?
2: Well, they haven't called me to ask for an interview either. They've arrested everybody that was in a mile of the Capitol Hill of Capitol Hill that day, and they refused to call me back.
0: I find that very strange very strange, Bob. Now tell us what happens in the rest of this. Well, actually, let's watch it. And I want to see who's saying who who's saying what, and somebody gets pushed. Take a look.
2: Do not go in there.
3: That was my
0: Let's stop it right there
2: do okay, not that,
0: go in there who says that was my that?
2: voice that was my voice and you can see the motion of my camera as I move to intercept now as soon as the guy in the black sees my press helmet and realizes that I'm recording him he does a complete 180 instead of pulling out the glass and telling people to go inside he's pushing people away because he knows that he's been caught. And, Greg, 30 seconds after he gets in the scuffle with that kid, he melts off into the crowd, never to be seen again. Why did he,
0: why do you, okay, that's interesting. I'm glad you answered that for me, because I thought for a moment it was the redheaded's words, it was yours. You're the one who says, do not go in there. Why did he push that uh, young man? Why did he push the guy in the red hair with the flag?
2: Because he knew that his cover had been blown. He was trying to cover his own butt. That's my take on it. I mean, why would he do that? He opens up the window one second, stands aside, and then two seconds later, after he sees that he's on camera, he changes his tune and becomes a great defender of the Capitol, right?
0: All right. So this is pretty interesting stuff. Very interesting. Now, who has this videotape? Well, the world has it now. It's been on television. You say you called the FBI and you gave him this material?
2: Yes, several times sent them emails, I've talked to their press, well, I've sent emails to their press office that have never been returned. And you've been in this business probably just as long as I have. When you send an official email to any government agency, they always respond. They may respond with a no comment, okay, but they always respond every single time. I have heard nothing but crickets from the FBI and and JTTF and Secret Service, everybody that I've sent this to since January 15th.
0: I want to ask you something else about the white. I'm looking at him right now. He's got something in his ear. Uh, A couple of things about that. I've seen government agents wear these things. We all have. The Secret Service. Generally speaking, they're, well, they could be white. I mean, they're often flesh color. They could be white. Those things are commercially available. Uh, but you're convinced this guy has got to be affiliated with the government.
2: Oh, yeah. We've been, besides everything that's gone on since January 6th, you know, know, we've been around alpha males our entire lives, man. We know who's in the club and who's not. This guy was an operator. I have no doubt in my mind.
0: Bob Powell, uh, photojournalist and uh, veteran Marine I think you're on something here, and it is crazy that you have not been, um, uh, that your correspondence has not been replied to. Have you thought about going to your congressman? Have you thought about uh, sending a, a hard copy letter? Sometimes that gets their attention because there's a physical record of it.
2: Actually, my congressman, Jack Bergman, has had this, the uh, First District of Michigan, has had this video since uh, January 15th. He's done nothing about it. I've sent it to, uh, I've gotten acknowledged uh, receipt from Curson Cinema, Josh Hawley, Hall Gosar, and uh, uh, Louis Gomert, Pete Sessions, and I even went to a Trump rally in Sarasota where I personally pressed a hard drive with my footage in it in the hands of uh, Lauren Bobert and Matt Gates. so you know i'm I'm going all over the country. I was in New York a couple of months ago talking at uh, one of the the freedom rallies for these January six prisoners. i yeah. I'm getting. I'm out there getting it done, but I'm in the trenches.
0: All right. Hey, and, real quick, uh, real quick. Can I ask you this? Those cops who walk away, what's your sense? Why did they walk away? Did they just have to go to another place? I mean, I don't know if it's on them or not. I understand that they left the window exposed, but you know, did they have to go somewhere else? What do you What do you make of their walking away? And let's take a look at that.
2: Okay. Well, when they walk away, I I had their. Uh, I had heard their transmission ordering them to leave that window undefended just a second earlier. If, if I'd had more battery power on my camera, I would have had that. Uh, wait, now, down now, wait, Bob,
0: Bob, did you hear them? Did you actually hear the command say, walk away yes. from the window? Wait, walk away from the window and leave it undefended? I can't imagine somebody saying that. I
2: I know that they didn't use the word undefended, but I did hear the word displaced. And what they did was they, instead of going over to where the crowd was at the doors there at the east entrance, they went down the front steps and went inside the building.
0: Something else I want to run by you real quick. Did you see that Marine who saved the baby in Afghanistan is now being hassled by the Marine Corps for appearing with President Trump? at that rally in georgia as a marine i would just love to get your opinion on it real quick if you don't have 15 seconds
2: brother between that and lieutenant Col- colonel scheller i don't know what has happened to our beloved marine corps it's breaking my heart these politicians at the top have got to come correct most ricky tick if they want to maintain any sense of the honor that they earn with that eagle globe and anchor do you understand what i mean
0: absolutely bob powell thank you very much hey Let's be careful out there, okay? You know what I mean.
2: It's Friday. Remember, everybody deployed. Wear a red T-shirt on Fridays, guys. And go to bobpowell.blogspot.com and watch all that video. I've got 29 minutes of it. You're going to love it.
0: All right, bobpowell.blogspot.com. Is that what I heard? Yes, sir. That's it. All right. Thank you, sir. To be continued, we'll be right back. Afghanistan, Of course, America's longest war, we all know, ended very, very badly. I don't believe it had to end this way, but it did. I think we have a responsibility to look back and see, learn a little bit more about what did go wrong, not just in the very end, but since 2001 to 2021. Did you know that something like 20 generals were running that war? They took turns, usually a year at a pop. That's a lot of turnover. Now, America didn't always do it this way. Douglas MacArthur was a general from the year 1920 all the way to the early 1950s. Now, there was a a four-year period where he was a civilian called back to active duty. But I'm wondering if that kind of uh, continuity was a good thing back then one of the reasons why we did so well in World War II, maybe, maybe we should do something like that going forward, not have this constant turnover. You become a brigadier general, you go up the ranks so quickly, and then you're out. I'd like to bring in Craig Shirley, Reagan biographer, presidential historian, has a really good feel for military affairs as well. Craig, welcome back to Newsmax. How are you? Good, Greg. Thank you very much. How so, are you? I'm great. Now, the turnover. And I when I finally saw that picture of all those generals, granted, it's a 20 year war. Right. war. There's a great deal of turnover. I think we're doing something wrong. I think that's too much. What do you think?
3: No, I, I absolutely agree. It's astonishing. And I think MacArthur is an excellent example of how to run a war, but also how to run a peace. Don't forget. Uh, also, he was su- supreme commander of the, the occupation of Japan for a number of years. And he totally remade that society and culture and made it into the peaceful, prosperous democracy it, it is today. Uh, so he was he was there for uh, 1945 till, what, 1948 or 1949 till the Korean conflict. Uh, but he did an excellent job with uh, Japan. And he's a very good example of how to run a war and how to run a peace, unlike how, what these military... Uh, generals did in uh, in Afghanistan. I suspect many of them were political generals. And you know, having served in the military, the difference between a political general and a military general, and that's what Mark Milley is and others. They're, they make political uh, connections instead of, uh, instead of planning for the next war.
0: Now, Mark Milley was truly, I was astonished by some of the political statements he made over the past year or so, He said he wanted to remain apolitical, but he kept going there, talking about (laughs) unconscious bias. Here's a little highlight reel, if you don't mind, uh, Craig. Uh, I'd like to show you, this is Millie, who says he's apolitical.
1: You tell me if this is apolitical. The protests that have ensued not only speak to his killing, but also to the centuries of injustice towards African Americans. We are still struggling with racism, and we have much work to do. And we should all be proud that the vast majority of protests— have been peaceful. While the military sets an example for civil society through our inclusiveness, we too have not come far enough. The freedoms guaranteed to us in the Constitution allow people to demand change, just as the peaceful protesters are doing all across the country. Racism and discrimination, structural preferences, patterns of mistreatment, unspoken and unconscious bias have no place in America.
0: Yeah, Some of the words sound nice, but he should not be saying them. He should no, not he be should. characterizing the protests as peaceful. We know that there were so many protests that were not peaceful. And also, he's talking about unconscious bias. Not everybody agrees that that even
3: exists. And he's- yeah. no, it, no, it's just a made-up phrase. You know, back in the 1960s, Martin Luther King noted that so many African Americans, black Americans went into the U.S. Army and the U.S. military precisely because they were treated fairly and evenly. You were promoted along the same lines of command. You got the same pay. You got the same three squares. Uh, You were treated equally even back in the 1960s. So this nonsense that Millie's talking about is just that. It's just nonsense. It's just—and it it proves what I was saying before, the difference between a political general who goes around talking to every book author and does every interview and sticks his nose into affairs. that none of his business, and a military man like Douglas MacArthur.
0: Um, I don't sense that there's going to be any real introspection in the military about this horrible chapter. Um, no. Everybody wants to move on real fast, and I just I don't see it happening. It, pardon me. Any indication that it might?
3: No, I haven't heard anything. You really, uh, Greg, there ought to be a blue-ribbon commission investigating what just as the blue ribbon commission on iraq we've had blue ribbon commissions on challenger explosions and uh the nixon and the watergate and so many other bad events in the united states history why don't we have a blue ribbon commission appointed to investigate what went wrong in afghanistan and why so many civilians were killed at the hands of the u.s military
0: uh i want to show you also i want to know if generals always talked like this Um, It sounds very bureaucratic. Uh, It gives him lots of wiggle room. I think it's quite evasive. But this is a a portion of General Milley when he's asked a pretty direct question about 2,500 troops. Was that your recommendation or not? Go ahead and play that, please. General Milley, I assume you agree with that in terms of the recommendation of 2,500?
1: What I said in my opening statement and the memoranda that I wrote back in the fall of 2020 remained consistent. And I do agree with that.
0: That's not <laughs> the memoranda I wrote. Look, refer to my opening statement. That's a direct question. It's pretty simple, actually. We know 2,500 is the number. He right. doesn't say it. It's a, it's a weird lack of candor.
3: It, 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 there's only one way to describe it is Weasley. That's mm. all. It's just, you know, taking, taking different, all sides of all positions to, to cover his behind so, so he thinks he doesn't get in trouble. But it, all it does is earn him no respect from anybody else.
0: All right. Now there have been pivot points before in the United States military. Uh, I think after World War II. When did the military? When was the greatest period of change for the military that you can recall?
3: Oh, it was December eighth, nineteen forty-one. Because you know, the, the couple months before, the Congress came within bu- one vote of disbanding, disbanding the entire U.S. Army. And December 8th, December 7th, and then subsequent our entry into World War II changed all that. And we built up the, the biggest, most, the mightiest military force in history, but it was only at the attack of Pearl Harbor and then the subsequent declaration of war by Nazi Germany and fascist Italy that propelled us into World War II and totally changed our outlook on the military. Craig Shirley,
0: Reagan biographer, presidential historian, we appreciate it so much. To be continued. You bet, Greg. Thank you very much. Have a good weekend.
3: Thank you. You too. We'll
0: be right back. Black
1: lives matter! Black lives matter! Black lives matter! Black lives
0: matter! Black lives do matter, of course, but not in the way the Black Lives Matter movement says. They only care when a black life is taken by a white cop. That way, the organization. They can enhance their power. They can increase their fundraising. No, but all black lives matter, of course, including the life of 16-year-old Khalil Pennington. He was shot and killed Tuesday in Brooklyn, New York, not by a cop, but by a, well, seems like a, a rival gang. Looks like he was involved in a gang himself. And uh, there was a shootout. Now, he's one of the guys in the white T-shirt here. They're running away from other gang members when one of them turns and fires a shot. But instead of hitting the rival gang, he hits his buddy and he goes down. His family was very surprised. They thought they said he was a good student. They did not know he ran with gangs. Father was very heartbroken, saying parents are not supposed to bury their children. So far, no arrests have been made. Police are not sure who the other teens in the video are. Khalil Pennington, just 16 years old there, seen in that photo with his dad. All right. Hey, something else that's in the news. Um, You may have heard about this if you read the New York Times. And uh, I'm not a big fan of the Times, but an interesting story they broke. Have you ever heard of Carlos Watson? Now, about ten years ago or so, I saw this guy a lot on CNN. He was a talking head, and he was you know pretty good at that. Um, charismatic man. Uh, he went to Harvard, knew a lot about politics, so they put him on a lot of those panel shows. Well, a few years ago, he started something called Ozy Media. O z y Media and especially after last summer black lives matter so many people were part of what they call at the new york times the great white awakening they wanted to do good for people of color and Ozzy media was getting all kinds of money thrown its way by high level financiers all kinds of talented people wanted to help Ozzy media and carlos and his management team they said they were doing great that hundreds of millions of people were viewing their content on YouTube. He hosted a show. He said it was Amazon's first primetime talk show ever. It wasn't true. They didn't have hundreds of millions of people viewing. Amazon did not have a formal relationship with Carlos Watson. A lot of it was smoke and mirrors. Finally, people started asking the right questions, and they found out that Carlos uh, may have been something of a con man. But people, again really wanted to do something good especially for him charismatic harvard educated and yes black black people wanted to do good for him white people wanted to do good things for him in last year's summer it seemed like the right thing to do it reminds me a little bit of another charismatic individual with harvard credentials
2: too many fathers are mia too many fathers are AWOL. You and I know this is true everywhere, but nowhere is it more true than in the African-American community. We know the statistics that children who grow up with a fa- out of father are five times more likely to live in poverty and commit crime. They're nine times more likely to drop out of school, 20 times more likely to end up in prison.
0: That's, uh, that's pretty powerful. That was back in 2008, and a lot of people responded, wow, listen to this man, listen to what he's saying. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty difficult thing for a white person to talk about, but he's willing to have that conversation, and he happens to be black. It's one of the reasons why, again, people just fell in love with the guy. He was ready to say things. But guess what? The far left didn't like what he was saying, and he backed off. Instead of looking inwardly in the African-American community, he looked outwardly, pointing to other factors as to why so many fathers went MIA and AWOL. It was something of a shame. Now, why am I bringing him up? Uh, Well, people wanted to do good because he was Harvard, because he was charismatic, and because he was black. And that's okay. I mean, but think about it. He had only been in the Senate for two years when he started running for president. Look... This is kind of awkward to talk about, but I think we should start talking about it, even at the risk of sounding a little silly at times, because we so infrequently talk about race. We leave that to the far left. We leave that to liberals, both black and white. I'm a conservative. I'm going to be talking about race more often. I'm going to make mistakes. It's going to be awkward. My suggestion is, Don't let anyone tell you you can't talk about it because of where you are politically or because of what you look like. This country needs a real conversation about race, not a phony one. I'll see you next week. Did I say see you next week? I meant two minutes. Okay. Uh, Do me a favor. Stand by for Stinchfield. And again, have a great weekend. Thank you for your support. Tell your friends we're doing something special here at Newsmax, something we're, uh, we're pretty proud of. Take care, and thank you.